my gosh, you guys, this is exciting. It's the first episode of the Lifted podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play. Um, If you don't know me, I'm Helen Denham. I'm a singer-songwriter living in New York City, and I also work in the health and wellness world. And this podcast is really just an opportunity for us to talk about raising our vibration and what we're doing every day to understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. So for this first episode, I wanted to give you guys a little bit more insight about why I chose to start this conversation and why I'm so interested in spirituality and how I want to serve you guys more and, and help you get to know yourselves a little bit better. So I'm from a little town in Maine called Kennebunk. Um, I grew up with a sister, awesome parents. Like I was so lucky to grow up in just a really kind and loving, very loving family. But since I was like around seven years old, from a really young age, I had pretty serious depression. I'm not really sure what it stemmed from, uh, but I was experiencing just a lot of rage, self-harming kind of thoughts. And so my parents just thought the best thing to do was to put me on prescription medication. And I took Zoloft, which is an antidepressant, from age seven to like age probably 13 or 14. So right around that time, my mom was also on depression medication. And we decided to quit together, like cold turkey. We'd had this kind of belief system that depression just ran in our family. All the women in the family had had depression. It was just in our DNA. It was something that we were going to have to live with. But we made a decision that that's not how we wanted to live our life anymore. We also knew that we would have to take on the responsibility of healing ourselves and rewiring our brains if we were going to overcome this without medication. So that's what we did. We did it at the same time. I was probably a sophomore in high school by that time. So this is way after and um, she was just ready for something else. Um, So we got off our depression medication and my parents got divorced. They were just growing in very different ways. And my mom was going deeper and deeper into her spiritual growth. And my dad too. My dad has his own spiritual practice, but they were just growing in different directions and just weren't really able to communicate anymore. Um, But luckily they did it really beautifully and respectfully. So that's what happened throughout high school. I managed to get through my depression and Music and songwriting really helped, uh, especially journaling. Like journaling is where I started to start to come up with poetry and that turned into music. I was always a theater kid and I think that really helped me out a lot. And I realized that what I wanted to do was uh, pursue music. So I went to school in New York City and I studied arts administration with music and theater concentrations. And in college, I met some really good friends who introduced me to LSD. So between college, like high school, I'd had a little bit of interest in spirituality. It was mostly just observing my mom's behavior, but I really didn't have a practice yet. I didn't know what was up. Uh, I was still kind of in la-la land until I started to understand LSD and I started to read a lot more. I just remember like the first trips that I started to have in college were so groundbreaking for me, really just getting that deep, deep understanding and feeling that everything is connected and that we have chosen to be here, that we are spiritual beings having a physical human experience and that we're creating our reality at all times. LSD really opened my mind to that. And 
what was so cool was that it, it's not just like this high, it's this cellular experience and a memory that you hold um, when you come off of it. I will say that I abused it a little bit and I took it too much. So after college, I was like, okay, the, this use of LSD as you know, kind of a fun thing needs to stop because it is a very serious medicine and I was kind of going in the other direction with it and I wasn't really getting the, the healing benefits from it because I was taking advantage of it. So I was like, how can I pursue this spiritual path without drugs, like without weed, without LSD, without mushrooms, and really just use those as a tool for transcendence once in a while, like once a year or when I really am in a circumstance where that makes sense. So I decided that meditation was going to be the way to do that. And I was like, okay, if I want to be involved in meditation, I don't really know much about this. So I started reading a lot um, of books around meditation and spirituality and just dove in and was journaling and just doing all this kind of unraveling of who I was and who I wanted to be. And a few of the teachers that really helped me in the beginning and who I still listen to were Abraham Hicks. Um, Abraham Hicks is actually a spirit that's channeled by a woman named Esther. And she's super famous now. Um, Amazing. Just like everything that was, you know, being channeled was so spot on. And I was finally finding people that were speaking what I hadn't been able to put into words. So Abraham Hicks was one of them. Teal Swan was another one. Shaman Durek, Alexandra Roxo. Those are some of my favorite teachers until the, you know, until now, like I still listen to those people. So I just started to feel more and more connected to the community surrounding mindfulness, meditation. And I realized that like I could do both. I didn't have to you know, just solely focus on music and push, push, push and do that and then do kind of like service industry jobs to pay the bills. It was like, you can do anything you want to do, like anything. So I took a break from, I had been working at this event planning company and it was just a lot of computer work and loved the team, but I was like, this is just not what I'm supposed to be doing. So I decided to save up and take six months off just to figure out what my life was going to look like. And in that time, I did a 10-day fast, which was super intense, and we'll talk about fasting at the end of this podcast too, because I'm actually about to complete a three-day fast, a mini one, but that 10-day fast really was altering. It, Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit later, and I also took a solo trip to Thailand, uh, and I'd never traveled alone like that, and I did it for a month, just brought a backpack and went, and I stayed in hostels. I was just soul-searching. I was really soul-searching, and I wanted to be brave. I wanted to say, you know what? You don't need any other validation outside of yourself. You're going to have to decide what your life's going to look like without anything else. So that trip was really good, Um, and I came back refreshed, and I did know what I wanted to do. I was like, if you want to be in meditation, you just need to work in that area. So I started working at a meditation studio, dream job, and my days were literally spent in meditation. And I was able to evoke the same experience that was produced by LSD and psychedelics through meditation, particularly the Wim Hof technique. And if you guys haven't heard of Wim Hof, definitely look him up. Um, he is really known for cold therapy, like cold shock therapy, where you kind of do ice baths and 
he's known for that, but he's really known for his breath work and his breathing techniques through those cold therapies. And definitely worth looking up if you guys want to try some crazy breath work. I'll talk about him more in another episode too and what I do for meditation. Um, yeah, so that job really exposed me to the community I really wanted to be a part of. And I was surrounded by mindful entrepreneurs, which was really cool to be a part of. And I realized that, you know, we're all just doing the best we can and we might as well just go for it and just keep surrounding ourselves with people that inspire us. So went through that, went through a couple other wellness jobs. And I think the wall that I was hitting was that I wasn't running my own show. Like I was still kind of reporting to people and I felt a little bit too controlled and a little bit trapped. So luckily I learned how to be a freelancer and I'm so grateful for that experience because now I know how to time manage myself. I've gained a lot of new skills from learning how to be a freelancer and it's enabled me to be my own boss and it's given me a lot of courage to jump into uncomfortable situations or just ask for what I want. And this podcast is an example of that. I mean, I had this idea of starting this podcast a while ago, but kept getting in my own way. I was like, you don't have the qualifications for this. You don't have enough experience. You don't read enough. Like just kind of this negative self-talk, very negative self-talk. And I remember I was telling my friend about it and she was like, Helen, just start because people love to see each other grow. They love to see progress. Just start. You don't need all this crazy fancy equipment. You don't just speak, just say what you want to say. And if someone connects with it, if you can just connect with one person who gets it or they relate to your story or they feel better because of it, that's awesome. So after a few months of (laughs) getting around to it, here we are. And I'm, I'm really happy. So that's just kind of like a background of my life and just kind of a little insight into why I'm so interested in spirituality. And it really, I mean, I'm not depressed anymore. I'm just such a happy person. And I really have gained this understanding of responsiveness instead of reactivity. So a lot of shit happens in life. There's always this X factor. I think you can control your surroundings to a certain point, but there is always going to be that X factor. And when that X factor comes in and causes stress, how are you going to handle it? And meditation has really taught me how to be more responsive and less reactive. And responsive is really coming from a place of love, of listening, of empathy, and understanding and knowing that everything's going to be okay and that the universe is working for you, not against you. And along with that, really speaking to yourself with love, like always telling yourself you love yourself, literally look in the mirror and tell yourself out loud, I love you. You're doing amazing. You are funny. You're brilliant. You're smart. You're ambitious. You are abundant. So saying things like that to myself over time and really like rewiring my brain got me out of depression. And a lot of other things. I mean, I went through eating disorders in college, like, you know, so much stuff that I think especially women go through. And I was able to work, wiggle my way out of that with mindfulness. And I'm still learning. And the reason I'm here is to learn more because it holds me accountable for reflecting on myself, reflecting and learning new topics that I can bring to you guys. So it's really a win-win. So to kind of close out, I wanted to give you guys 
an idea of some rituals that I've incorporated into my daily life that have helped me to be more productive and mindful and stay steady. So first of all, I journal every day. Journaling has become this awesome, you know, form of kind of working meditation that allows you to be an objective observer of yourself. Observer. <laughs> I am fasting, you guys. So if I'm like in a weird energy right now, like uh, that's what's happening. Um, yeah. So it allows you to be an objective observer of your thoughts. Writing it down really gives you this catharsis and lets you release what's going on and not so much identify with all these emotions. Instead, it's just letting it pass, watching it, letting it pass, labeling it, letting it pass. And that's what we do in meditation. When we're sitting in meditation, we're also in that same state of accessing our higher self so that we can watch our ego play. We can watch our mind run free and we can analyze what's going on and decide what patterns we want to shift what we might want to change. And journaling is another form of doing that. And it just feels really good to write. I'm not sure that we write enough anymore. Secondly, I take a walk every day. I love taking a little walk. I live right near Prospect Park, so I just get my coffee and maybe I put in a podcast and I go for a walk and that really grounds me. And being in nature really grounds me and having that fresh air and liveliness in, you know, in the morning is really helpful. And my boyfriend and I walk together all the time. So it's just a way for us to connect more deeply too and just spend that time together without looking at our phones or like just being distracted. It's just walking. Same vein. I also do try to meditate every day. Um, I do primarily two types of meditation. One, I like to light a candle and I just sit with the candle and let myself think for 10 minutes. It's more of a contemplation meditation. I'm not really trying to silence my mind. I'm letting it run. And that usually sparks a lot of new realizations for me. And I immediately try to write down what I've thought up in the meditation. Um, So I'll do that for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, um, or I'll put on a guided meditation for a visualization and do like a body scan or like some kind of visualization journey um, that helps me connect with my higher self a little bit better. So that really does make a difference because it's kind of crazy that we don't normally get 10 uninterrupted minutes a day. And it's important to make that time for yourself away from your phone, away from distraction, and just the simulation that we especially experience in cities. And finally, I practice intermediate fasting or longer fasting. And right now I'm on day three of a fast. My energy's picked up a little bit as we've been chatting. Um, This is something I've been experimenting with. I don't do this every day, but usually my eating schedule is like I stop eating at 8 p.m. and then I don't eat the next day until like 1 or 2 p.m. It just feels better. Like that, that wasn't even on purpose when it started happening. It was just like food and cereals or like anything really was a little bit too much in my stomach. All I wanted was some water and coffee to get my day going. And that really helped me be energized because eating too much in the morning was just weighing me down. And, uh, yeah, so that really helped. And then I started to get curious. I was like, okay, so what if I just held on? What if I just you know, prolonged that fast into a day. And then I started to research the benefits of fasting because I was feeling so good. And my first fast was two years ago. I did a 10 day fast and I've grown so much since then. And I can look back on that experience and be like, this is what I would have done differently. First of all, 
I went into that fast with the intention of getting to know myself better. And I wanted to have this breakthrough. Like I wanted to hit enlightenment on this fast. I was like, it's going to happen. This kind of discipline is like unparalleled, (laughs) but really what happened, it was difficult. I mean, the first week was fine. Like you actually don't really experience this crazy hunger. Like you think you might, but your body is just like doing its thing. It's healing itself when you're not digesting which we are all the time if we're eating on a normal schedule, your body has the opportunity to go and pay attention to what needs your help. So for example, if you've got like a knee that's sore and like torn, like fasting will help heal that knee because all of that energy can go there. It's not focused on anything else. Um, Your skin will clear up, your heart and your brain will become more heightened and and healthy. Um, So many benefits that I would really recommend looking up. Um, and discipline. So I went into that with wanting to get to know myself better, reach this kind of state of enlightenment. I also wanted to lose weight, which was a mistake. If you're going to do a long-term fast like that, it's like you are going to lose a shit ton of weight, but it's not going to stay off. So that should never really be the intention going into a long fast. Intermediate fasting will help you lose weight, but not something like this for the long term. It's really habits that are going to develop that, that you do every day. And When I was doing that long fast, I was living in Soho in literally a closet and it was so loud. I was like, it was, I was more like Chinatown, little Italy. So I would walk out and there would just be a horde of tourists like running at me. And you really don't need that when you are on a fast and you're just like, you need peace. Like all I wanted was to be around peaceful people. I wanted to be in nature. So I said, if I'm ever going to do something like that again, I'm going to be close to nature, fresh air. I'm not going to be obsessed and addicted to my technology to distract me. So, which I was doing like the first fast. So I learned a lot. I can't believe I got through it. Um, so I'm really proud of that discipline. I also learned how to do it differently this time. So this time around, I've tweaked it a little bit and I listened to myself more. Um, Yeah, but fasting, it did help me break sugar addictions. It did help me break just a lot of addictions to food that I was having. And it helped me deeply understand the relationship that I had with food and still have with food. Um, Am I using it as comfort? Am I using it, you know, when I'm stressed out, do I reach for sugar? Absolutely. So that's something I was able to be much more conscious of because I noticed that when I was getting stressed on the fast, I craved sugar. So I had to figure out a different way to address that stress And it has a lot to do with breathing and breath work. I mean, remember when we were little kids, our parents would say to us, when we were really upset, they would say, just take three deep breaths. And that is so real. So when I feel like I'm getting stressed out and I want to go for something unhealthy, I try to breathe, think about the decision. And then if I really want the ice cream, I can have it. But usually breathing will get me through it. So this fast was different because I have a more flexible schedule. Um... I just feel a lot more grounded and I've been making an effort to be in fresh air often and like outside in the sunlight, just soaking up the sun and nature and writing and consciously meditating, going to yoga, gentle yoga, and yeah, just being a lot healthier about it this time around. And I might, I might do another day. Like I might try to do a five day because I feel like my body like I'm having an energy peak today and I feel like my body's really getting into that healing and what's going on. Um, this might be TMI, but we're going to be really open here. Okay. I had an IUD inserted 
um, a couple months ago. And for those of you who don't know, an IUD is a form of contraception that's inserted into your cervix as a woman. And my body absolutely rejected it. It literally rejected it. But I really wanted this. I was like, why is my body rejecting this? I think I was just going through so much stress. Um, but I don't want to be on any hormones for birth control. Like nothing else seems to be safe to me except for a non-hormonal little insert that's not going to fuck with my hormones and system, you know? So after my body rejected it, I gave myself a break and then I got it reinserted. And I've just been going through a lot of pain with this and inflammation, just heavy cramping, like all these things surrounding this IUD. And so that's a lot of what made me want to do a fast for a little while because my body needs to focus on that pain point. My body needs to go in there and heal and really pay attention to what I need and emotionally release any fear that I have. And I just want to give myself that opportunity to deeply heal and be attentive. So that's why I'm fasting this time. And yeah, I encourage you guys to do it. It's, it can be really tempting to just jump into a three-day fast, but I would really recommend experimenting with intermediate fasting. You should always go into a fast easing in there, like eating vegetables, fruits, very lightly the day before and juicing if you can, like ideally, so that you don't just quit cold turkey because it will, it will be hard. Um, and it's not really good for your body to just break like that. It's like good to wean on and off. So, yeah. So if anything comes from this podcast, I just want you to know that I'm right here with you. I'm like going through all these struggles with you, but I'm having a lot of fun. And I just don't believe that life is meant to be suffering. I think we're meant to be here to experience joy, to get to know each other and really play in this human experience. And there's so much opportunity ahead of us and we can do whatever we put our minds to. So finally, I want to pull a tarot card. This will be fun. A communal tarot card. Let's see what we're, what we're doing. I'm pulling from this deck called the Energy Oracle Cards, which are kind of cool. I have another deck that I think I'll pull from next time. Shuffle, shuffle. When I pull a tarot card, I always like to kind of ask a question or set an intention. So let's ask, what needs our collective attention right now? Let's ask that. I've shuffled. Okay, I'm going to flip the card. What needs our collective attention? Ooh, we got Healer of the Ages. I like that. Okay, I'm going to look up what it means and read it to you. Healer of the Ages. Well, I mean, you can kind of interpret what that means. It means we need more healers. We need, we need more storytellers. We're all exactly where we're supposed to be, and it's about giving and receiving love unconditionally and being really empathetic with it each other. That's what we need as a community right now. So it's saying health and vitality. This powerful being brings the force of ancient wisdom and profound healing. The light of divine consciousness pours from his hands and heart, flowing to you with love and a powerful healing intention. This amazing entity is with you now, bringing resolution to physical, mental, and emotional ills, helping to unblock stuck energy and revitalize your life force. You may have felt this strong presence recently, or you may just be opening to the wonderful sensations now. You can call upon this emissary of miraculous transformation whenever you need vitality, balance, or renewal. Know at the deepest level an important healing is taking place. Okay, guys, 
Well, I love you. And I'll be back next Sunday with another self-care Sunday episode on the Lifted podcast. So stay tuned. Have a great day.